Infertility is not an easy situation to deal with. You may feel social pressure to have kids or feel judgment from well-meaning friends, family members, or even strangers. Today, my guest, Melissa van der Kief, will be talking about infertility. Melissa is the founder of Living in the Wait, an online resource to encourage and guide those who find themselves in a season of waiting. She created the site from her own experience of waiting, which was three and a half years of navigating infertility. She's a first-time mom, writer, speaker, fertility coach, and consultant. Currently, she's writing her first book, drawing from her personal experience about waiting and the transformation it brings. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers and professionals from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Melissa. It's so good to have you on the show. Hello, Sharon. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait for our discussion today. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, hot topic, um, you know, because infertility is definitely a journey. And um, this is like a big unknown and many unknowns are grounded by fear. So, Melissa, can you please tell me and share a little bit about your story? Yeah, definitely. Well, the part I like to share is I was picking up sticks in our yard. It was October of 2017. And at that point, it had been two and a half years that we'd been navigating this journey. And I was picking up sticks and just wrestling with God, asking him, you know, how am I supposed to continue living while I'm waiting for my heart's desires? How do I live in the wait? I just kept asking him that. That question just kept coming up over and over in my heart. And finally, he shared with me, he said, live. I want you to live in the wait. And our journey had really started, as I shared, two and a half years prior, we had gone to our reproductive endocrinologist office. And that's really where a lot of that had started. We were diagnosed with unexplained infertility at that time. Mm -hmm. And that was where our formal journey kind of began, um, really this whole process of navigating infertility. And it uh, was something that I would definitely was not prepared for, really shook who I was, everything I thought I knew and believed in. And throughout that whole process, it was an over three-year journey. Um, we did eventually find out, just kind of from the technical side of, of those listening today who are maybe navigating it themselves, we were eventually diagnosed with luteal phase defect. And thank God we did. We welcomed our baby girl in May of 2019. And so that's a little bit of our journey that kind of brought us here today. Why I'm even being able to speak with you today, Sharon. And, um, you know, really the, the heart behind that, what God shared with me during that season was just live in the weight. Like I want you to live in the weight. Um, and we'll talk about that more, I'm sure today, but that's a little bit of, about our story where it's kind of grown to having that online resource as you kind of, as you shared also now offering fertility coaching as well for people navigating that. Yeah. Wow. You know, as a, a woman who was just waiting to be a mother, were you prepared to go through the challenges that infertility came with? No, the long and short answer is definitely no. And it was something that, you know, when we had kind of started, I'd maybe heard about infertility very in infrequently. So I, I really didn't even know what to expect or think about it. I, I really had no idea what was all involved. And I'll liken it to this. I, I feel like in my life, I had navigated many hills 
I'll, I'll say symbolic hills in my life, right? They were difficult. They, you know, it was a struggle to get up them, but I was able to work through them and navigate them. And infertility was really my first mountain mm-hmm. where it was steep. It was long. I was not prepared. I didn't have the right equipment and the whole sense of that physically, even emotionally, spiritually. And so I just found myself, you know, it was just a journey that just kept going and going and going similar to a mountain, right? Sometimes you can't even see the top of it, Mm. right? You're climbing through clouds. And so I give that visual because that's how I felt where this was a whole new experience that I was just unprepared, uneducated. I didn't even know where to start or begin and was just like, okay, what, what do I even do? And that was really where living in the weight with that was I wanted to as God kind of walked me through that season and brought me to that point two and a half years in, that's where it was like, that's what we need to do during those seasons, right? My season of waiting at that point was, was infertility, but waiting is something all of us experience, right? (laughs) We don't, we don't get to choose what things we wait for or even how long they're going to last. And so what I, what he shared with me was on that journey, I need you to live during that time. That time is sacred and valuable and can be transformational for you. And, and that's what I eventually learned. I mean, it took me two and a half years to get to that point where I was even open to receive what he was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just, I'm just blown away, right? We hear that verse immeasurably, immeasurably more. And he has, he has done so much more with my life since that point of picking up sticks in my yard right. um, that I would have never imagined um, that that would have happened throughout this journey that we, we navigated. Yeah, I mean, did you even expect, you know, to go through infertility? And I mean, I know that right now, right? I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, as far as from like a medical standpoint, right, there was nothing for me, this was my experience, Mm -hmm. that I would have even thought, um, I had something quote unquote, had something, you know, some women, um, they are maybe diagnosed at a young age with PCOS or even endometriosis Mm -hmm. that can often happen, but I had really nothing that I knew of, right. Mm -hmm. From, from the standpoint and the education I had, I couldn't have even pinpointed anything. And so I was not thinking that that would have been something I would have experienced in life really Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then through that whole process, which I think is an important part about waiting is, is becoming educated through that process. It's still painful. It doesn't make it any easier, but I became so much more educated about a lot of things that I know will provide me and prepare for me for other things that I'll experience. And even probably my daughter in the future. Yeah, I I have a, another question for you, and this might be a, a stupid question. Do you think that <laughs> infertility no, infertility usually happens to first time moms, or does it also happen to moms who want to have a second or third baby? Mm-hmm. So there's there's the term out there of secondary infertility to address that question. So definitely women can experience it the first time around or even the second time around. Um, I'm not sure the specific stats on that piece, but it's definitely something that I would say um, can be hard because maybe you, you know, the angle I came in was uh, the first time around I experienced it, right? Mm-hmm. So I experienced maybe different sets of feelings and emotions because I had never even had a positive pregnancy test ever. So then when you come in maybe with secondary infertility, you're dealing with a whole set of different emotions and feelings and circumstances because maybe you already have a child at home 
And now you're wanting and desiring another one mm-hmm. and it's not happening. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, you're both dealing with infertility per se, which is basically the inability to get pregnant on your own, um, for more than a year, depending upon your age, there's some, some, uh, technical terms around that, right. but, um, it, it's, it's definitely, it's difficult no matter what, but it is a different experience, whether it's your first time or if you're, if you're first time trying, I should say, versus now you're trying for a second child. Right. Yeah. Well, what are some of the emotional impacts that you faced or women would face and how can we help support those who are going through it? Yeah. You know, I think at the core, this is what I believe at the core of infertility, I believe it's a loss of control. And I think that is one of the reasons I believe that it is so difficult because control is something that helps create safety in our lives, right? It's kind of a false safety because we feel like we have control, but in reality, there's certain things we can and can't control in our lives. And for myself, everything that I would have known, I couldn't have controlled the situation that happened in my life. And that was hard. That was hard. I am an event planner by trade. That is what I do. I control things. I plan things. And here I had a situation in my life where and this is, I think, a lot of things, though, in, in life where I was doing everything you are supposed to do to reach that outcome, and yet it never happened. And I think that overall thread is what is so hard about infertility, because you know what you need to do to be able to get pregnant, right? I mean, we all know that it's sex ed 101, but when you're going through infertility, you are doing things that are right, but yet it never happens. And you don't know why, Yeah, you know, some people may or may not know, um, like if you're given a formal diagnosis, but still it's hard because you're like, well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why isn't this happening? And that gets to be so frustrating, frustrating. You start to lose hope. It's disappointing because there's so much you start to process now. It's like, well, what's wrong with me? Guilt and shame can start to come in as that, that journey goes on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. The longer Mm -hmm. it is, there's so much that can happen um, throughout that. And so, you know, I think for those who are listening, who are wondering, how can I support someone going through that? I have a blog post. It's called 12 Days of Supporting Your Friend Navigating Infertility. And it really breaks down 12 really tangible things, as simple as sending them a text, sending them something in the mail. And really Mm -hmm. what it all comes down to, Sharon, is when somebody is navigating infertility or another season of waiting, they just want to know that someone cares. Mm that, you know, they are, they are seen, they are heard and that someone is wanting to know, well, how are you really doing? Right. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I know that that can be a hard spot because so often maybe we have those surface level conversations with people that we never get to the bottom of, oh, wait, they're really not feeling good. Well, it kind of makes us uncomfortable. How do I talk to someone, you know, who's going through a really tough time? And I think if your heart is just to really want to know, like, how are you doing? And know too that, you know, you can't fix that situation for them, right? Right. I mean, you can't fix it. If you could, that'd be amazing. But then we wouldn't have to go to the doctor appointments and things like that. So just knowing that you're willing to sit with them, like in that pain and, and just be a witness to that, that goes just a long way for someone that's navigating this. Great. Now, you know, for some people, pregnancy doesn't come that easy. And as a fertility coach, how can women or, you know, second time mothers who are going through infertility educate themselves in this matter? No, 
for me, what I feel like is it comes down to advocating. It really comes down to that one word. And I do have a resource on my site as well that shares eight ways to be your own advocate. Mm. And that was something that until I had experienced this, I didn't even really know how to do it. I didn't even know the value that it provided. And it really comes down to that advocating can help educate you. Mm. And it's not, it's not so much maybe to um, have educated you to have prevented this. I mean, there are things we can do to just take care of our bodies in general, right? Right. Not necessarily to just focus on that ability to get pregnant. Um, That's a whole nother conversation, but I mean, that advocacy helps just educate and prepare you for what you will now be experiencing through that journey. Because for many of us, I'll speak for myself. um, Thankfully, I hadn't had to spend a lot of time in the healthcare system. That's just one branch of navigating this journey. Um, And like I said, thankfully, I didn't have to spend a lot of time there. But when this happened, I was now forced to have countless doctor appointments working through my insurance. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to navigate that. And so by advocating for myself, I was able to become more educated about not just that side of it, navigating health healthcare, but I I became more educated about my own reproductive health, which is really what it comes down to when you're navigating infertility is, is your own reproductive health. And I feel silly to say that I didn't even really know what that was or why it was important, right? I hadn't learned that part growing up. It was, you know, we do our sex 101 class and it's like, okay, <laughs> either you get pregnant or you don't is, is right. the message, the story I remember hearing. Um, and so this, that, that experience, you, you are thrown into these new things that you need to educate yourself on. And, and what it does is it just helps make that process better, mm. right? It doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any, any less painful. It still will be those things, but it can help in a sense, bring back some of that control, right? Some of that control, because now you have a better understanding of, well, when I get a medical bill, I need to check this. Or when I go to my doctor appointment, these are maybe some of the questions I want to ask, or it allows you to maybe step back and really ask yourself, well, am I even comfortable with this process? Am I even comfortable with this journey? And and maybe comfortable is the wrong word because I think a lot of things about infertility are uncomfortable. Right. But you can maybe step back and just say, is is this lining up with who I am? Yeah. Or, or maybe my values. And I'll, I'll share an example. Um, the day we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility, I remember distinctly having this feeling inside that said something else is wrong. And I had that feeling the entire time Mm. we were going, going throughout this process and I didn't know how to answer it and I couldn't find anybody else to help me answer it, but it just kept coming up. Something else is wrong. And through a divine appointment, a friend of mine shared with me, um, it's called fertility care. They use Creighton practitioners and uh, NAPRO technology that I had never heard of but it helped answer that question I had been having for those two and a half years. And that process, that um, method of helping women deal with infertility more lined up with what I wanted to know, which was mm-hmm. kind of really finding the underlying issue that was potentially causing us issues to get pregnant, mm. which that method actually did. That's where we found out I had luteal phase defect, which causes a whole bunch of other issues when you're trying to get pregnant. Right. And that's what I would say when, when you are becoming educated about this is that then you can kind of 
have that introspect to say, well, does this line up with my values? Or does this, is this answering that little question I keep having inside? Um, When you become more educated about the issue that can help just kind of that process, make it a little bit better. Right. And, you know, the the subject of infertility is definitely uh, much more being talked about uh, these past few years um, compared to, you know, many, many years ago, which we don't even know if infertility exists that much. You know, why do you think infertility exists the way they exist? Is it because of food intake, genetics, the, you know, pollution, the way the world is going yeah, those are those are all great questions. And, and I, I agree with you that I think, thankfully, this topic is being talked about more. And that is why we have weeks such as National Infertility Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. We have that now to help bring awareness, to continue to raise a voice about this. So um, it's, it's unfortunate, right, that we're dealing with it. But I'm, I'm thankful that people are talking about it more because that's how I learned about it, right? That's right. how I became educated, too, um, was because other people were willing to speak up. And so, you know, as far as, as um, you know, what could be some of those causes, it's definitely a complex, um, complex, complex situation and issue, right? And that's because God made our bodies just beautifully, very mm-hmm. intricate, and it's a very complex system, right? Our whole body is. And so I think what I would say to that is it's important to obviously take care of our bodies because they are a temple of God. I mean, right. that's something we should be doing um, no matter what and how And that can come through that education of, okay, well, what are the things that I'm surrounding myself with? Or what are the things that I'm eating? And and I would say overall, what I learned about that is our body truly works holistically, right? It's it's not just... um, our, um, our eggs that we should be thinking about when we're trying to get pregnant. It really is our whole bodies. And Mm. so I would encourage someone who is navigating that journey to, to take a step back, find people. I I think you really do need a team when you are navigating infertility. There, there is your OBGYN, there can be a reproductive endocrinologist, but I, I also believe that you can work with a functional chiropractor, someone that really, anyone really, I guess, with functional medicine, mm. because you can take a holistic approach about your body, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just looking at your eggs, right? Well, I would kind of go backwards and say, well, how come my eggs aren't functioning correctly? Right. I would keep asking that question to get back to, well, is it something with my diet? Is it something with my gut health? I mean, there's ways to kind of work backwards. And I think, I think having that whole picture really helps you as the, as someone who is navigating this to look at your whole body versus just that one piece and, mm-hmm. and kind of figure out what maybe is causing an issue. You yeah. know, that's, that's something I would say kind of about that. Well, can you share some ways where you can empower and encourage women and mothers in this time of waiting Well, I think I kind of shared it before, Sharon, that, you know, waiting is something we all experience and right. We don't get to choose what things in life we wait for. And and for those listening today, it could be a a wide range of things, of tangible things you're waiting for. Like maybe someone today is is trying to get pregnant. That's a tangible thing. But maybe it's something that is untangible, like you're looking for um, maybe emotional healing or forgiveness or love. There are things in our life that we, we will be waiting for. And, and there's two things I want to share about that. I think um, to go back to my stick story in that moment, we have two choices. We can either use those sticks to build a wall around us and 
and protect ourselves, right? From anyone around us, from God, we can just build that wall of sticks or we can take those sticks and we can build something with it. Mm -hmm. With God's help, we can build something with it. And, And that's what I would ask and encourage and challenge those listening today is if you are in a season of waiting, know this, I know, and I hear you that it is hard it is difficult. It is so painful. I, I hear you and I see you with that. And, and if you're hearing that today, know that with God working through that pain, he can help you take those sticks and build something Mm -hmm. right. Maybe today it's, it's not for you, but that message can be planted that he wants to help you take those sticks and build something beautiful with it. And, Mm -hmm. and the only reason I'm talking to you today, Sharon, is because he prepared me. He opened my heart to be open to even building something with him. Right. You know, at the, before that, I would have not done it. I was not in the right place to do it. My heart was not prepared. And that day he changed it. He literally changed it. That was a turning point for me. And I was like, okay, I'm a, let's build something. Let's help other people who are navigating this journey. And, and he helped me do that. Right. And I, I think what's so important about that is to remember too, that Jesus waited. Mm -hmm. Okay. So remembering that what we're experiencing to encourage you in the wait is that if Jesus waited, it makes sense that we would too, right? If he had to live that and he did, he came to earth for one reason was eventually to die for our sins, right? So we could have eternal life. But while he was here, he was basically waiting to die, Mm -hmm. right? He knew what was going to happen, right? You know, he he knows everything. So he knew, but that whole period of his life, when he was on earth, he was not waiting. He was proactive in his waiting is what I should Mm -hmm. say. He was performing miracles. He was preaching. He was encouraging. He was loving people Mm -hmm. throughout that whole time. And I can only imagine that would be really hard knowing that you're eventually going to die of extremely painful death, right? Right. was coming. But as John 10, 10 says, he came that they may have life and have it to the fullest. And that's what he did. And that's exactly what he wants for us in our season of waiting too, is he's telling us you can live in the wait. It is possible. It might still be hard. It might still be painful, but he's that example that can encourage us in that season you know what? I can still live in this. What that looks like for everyone is different. Um, and we can, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more, some tactical ways to do that. But I just, I see that as an example that's so powerful and such an encouragement to us in that own season of he understands, he gets it. We yeah. have someone who totally knows what we're experiencing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, God pretty much took your mess to, you know, uh, communicate a message, let your mess be your message. And so I guess my next question would be, you know, what are some actionable tips would you suggest for women and gems of mothers out there who are going through navigating infertility? I mean, like you were saying, you know, waiting is hard. It's not easy. But what are some things that they can do in the midst of waiting, in the midst of being in a place where they don't know if they would ever have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that is a reality. And that's, what's so hard about that season, right. Is, is we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know. I, I didn't know I had no positive affirmation, no physical affirmation to help me get to that outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so hard about that is that, and I'll say it as this, when before that moment for me, my conversations I had were, I just want to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I just want to get pregnant. And that was it. Right. 
And then at that moment, like I said, when I was picking up sticks, he changed that narrative for me that my narrative still included that outcome. But now I had this different narrative where I was like, okay, how can you use my story for your glory? Mm-hmm. How, how can I live my life and help bring you glory? Right. It, it shifted for me where I realized that it was so much more than about my outcome. And that is so hard when you're in the middle of that, right? Because you want that so much. I totally can empathize with that because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be a mom. Right. And when he met me in that moment and I met him, I should say, cause he was there the whole time. But when I met him in that moment, he changed it where it was, it was about him and using my story for his glory. Mm-hmm. And that was where I still wanted to be a mom. I was praying and hoping and believing in that, but he brought a new life to me that I never even thought would have been possible. Mm-hmm. I thought it was only possible if I became a mom right. and he brought this new life inside of me that you know, to help others and, and to use his, you know, to use that message to reach other people. And so what I would say is that that, that desire is still going to be there. And that is something that you may still have to work through, Mm -hmm. but when we invite him into that pain and that, that heart, that waiting season, I mean, he's going to work in and through you. He's orchestrating, he is moving and shifting things around in that season. Um, that, we don't even know what he's going to be doing with it eventually. Right. And so there's, there is no guarantee, right. That that outcome is eventually going to happen. But I think when we realize that, that life is ultimately about him and bringing him glory and sharing his story and growing in our faith and our relationship with him, like that is ultimately what we are here to do. Yeah. It just, just shifts things a little bit that, it's maybe not so much focused on that outcome. It's our, it's like, okay, what else is there, God? Like, instead of why is this happening to me? It's, it can be a shift in a replacement of now of, okay, God, how are you going to use this? Mm-hmm. Okay, God, what is it that you want to do through me? Okay. I don't know why you're allowing me to experience this. I don't know why this isn't going away, but what do you want to do with it? right? Let's do this together. Let's, let's take these sticks. Let's build something. It's just that kind of shift where it's like, all right, God, what do you want to do? (laughs) You know, yeah. kind of having that conversation with him. It is extremely difficult. So I'm not minimizing anyone who has not had that outcome because it is extremely painful and it it will probably, it it may never go away because that is still there. But I would just encourage you that God sees you. He knows that invite him along with that pain and allow him to just change and shift and move in you through that process. Amen. Now we're pretty much almost at the end of the show, but I'd love to hear if you have anything else to share with all the other gems of mothers out there. The one thing that I think of is, is I think of divine interruptions. That's Mm -hmm. what I think of is when we are going through life and all of a sudden something changes and I'll share an example. My daughter, one day I was all prepared for her to take a nap. And I was like, great, I'm going to do some stuff at home. You know, it's on the weekend. That's when you try to get everything done at home. And she didn't take a nap that day. (laughs) And so there was my time that I had planned and prepared for, and it didn't happen. And so in that moment, I just paused and be like, all right, this is a divine interruption. God, I had this plan for my day today. But now you're telling me you have something else planned. So what do you have planned for me today instead? How do you want me to use this time for you differently? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I, I I thought of in that moment of this was the time I wanted. All right, God, we have an interruption. 
How do you want me to use it differently? And I think that's just an invitation for us, whether it's it's you're on the infertility journey, maybe you're a mom listening today, that we're going to have those divine interruptions. And we we can see that as an opportunity to invite God into that moment and say, say exactly what I shared. All right, God, how do you want me to use that time differently? Mm-hmm. And I saw that time as, okay, my daughter, she's not going to be with me for very long, right? Eventually she's going to grow up and go to college. I pray to God that happens. Um, and I'm not going to have her at home anymore. So right. I'm going to use that time now to spend time with her. God, maybe God was telling me today, Melissa, I want you to spend two more hours with your daughter. Okay. I'm going to do that then. So that's what I maybe share with some of those listening today of when you have those divine interruptions, because they are going to happen, they can be a wait. I mean, it could be even as simple as you're waiting in the line at the grocery store or you're waiting on hold and it takes 10 minutes instead of five. Yeah. Maybe that's a divine interruption where God's saying, I want you to use this time differently. Maybe it's to call someone up and say, hey, how are you doing? Maybe it's as simple as posting on Facebook some word of encouragement, right? We can use that time differently um, to further him and his his message and, and testimony during those divine interruptions is what I would call them. Oh, that's awesome. I love I love that. Now, I just wanted to thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on the show. It was really, really a pleasure hearing you share your story and all the little gem nuggets that you have with us. Thanks, Sharon. I appreciate everything you're doing for moms because it is, it's so needed. We need community as moms as you're going through this or even as we're wanting to be a mom. So thanks for everything you're doing. I appreciate our time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, I hope you enjoy this uh, episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.